absolute sports betting degeneracy. Welcome to the zoo. With Sex Panther and Chubby Zebra. college football and as usual got with me the chubby zebra chubby zebra the streak is over it's, yeah i started a new streak a two and three two weeks in a row streak and i'm not liking this uh well, it's better than some of the other weeks that that you had you you've uh got your way back to just under just under break even 26 28 and one I've kind of picked up where you left off. Well, not the winning part of it. I, I can't get anything right. This is back-to-back one in four weekends for me. You know, we, we kind of usually rehash what we saw last week. I You'd think by this time of the year, uh, we, we'd have a pretty good idea of what we know about these teams. This has really been a struggling year. The one that's frustrated them the most is we saw such promise from Notre Dame after beating Clemson so soundly, surely – They'll cover Navy, no problem, and they did for about three quarters, and then I, I don't know what happened, but my easy cover ended up being a three-point win. Tommy Reese came out and said, we'll fix what's wrong. I'm like, Tommy, you don't coach defense. What the hell are you talking about? Tommy's a little bit confused and kind of has been all season if you've watched Notre Dame regularly. Uh, well, I, I try not to, actually. it's, it's This has been a – frustrating season but still have a chance here to finish strong get nine and three and get a new year's day bowl so despite those two ugly ugly losses the irish have a chance what's your takeaway from last week um you know last week i didn't pay much attention to college football because i spent uh, most of the weekend in or at least saturday in in the casino um came out a little bit ahead with with my gambling and um you know, watched others come out, you know, slightly behind. It's almost like they were sports betting. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a good time. Uh, we had, we were there to accomplish some goals. We met those goals. Um, wins, losses aside, there were some other things that we like to do at the casino. Uh, we did get that steak that we were, we were going after. So a delicious steak. Uh, one game from last week, real quick, I want to touch on. Because um, this is the one that really kind of murdered you. La Tech, the high-scoring offense that they were supposed to be didn't show up. What happened there? Yeah, I, I, I'm really not sure. I mean, the game was supposed to be a shootout. It it was by their opponent, but La, La Tech scored what seven? They they, they couldn't even get to double digits on a game that that you know they yeah they were significant underdogs, but they were just a flat-out no-show. And uh, you know UTS. TSA just you know t- took it to them, and and I took two on the chops there, but taking the dog and the over. Yeah, that was uh, I think that was the one that you were the highest on, and I listen. I think that's what happens to us. We're we're really that's why our parlays maybe 
don't do as well is because we do what we feel like is the the locks of the week and they just go south so fast maybe i'll be a little loosey-goosey with my parlay this week i might take my my weakest play so speaking of weak plays it's time to go through our picks first game up we're going down to tallahassee louisiana raging cajuns going to take on florida state you know, this is the time of year where those teams in the South, both in the ACC and the SEC, like to you know, schedule themselves a cupcake. I don't know what to prepare for rivalry week. I don't know exactly what it is. But this is this is Florida State's turn by bringing in Louisiana. And, you know, the, the Seminoles, they've been on fire of late. They've ripped off three straight wins over Georgia Tech, Miami, and Syracuse, all ACC opponents, by a combined total of 124 to 22. Well, extremely impressive, you know, they did catch all three of these at probably their lowest point in the season, so I'm not exactly what to make of it other than three dominating wins. Quarterback Jordan Travis has been extremely impressive this season with 20 big-time throws compared to only five turnover-worthy plays, and he's averaging 8.9 yards per attempt. He hasn't needed to throw much the last two weeks because the Seminoles have built extremely large leads early in the game. Now, this week, could actually be a test versus the Raging Cajun secondary that's allowing only 6.9 yards per attempt. Louisiana's also done a good job in stopping the run. Uh, they're ranking in the top college football's top half in rushing success rate and defensive line yards. Louisiana also ranks 21st nationally in finish, finishing drives allowed. So, you know, teams don't, they, they might drive on them, but they don't necessarily score. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, the Raging Cajuns, they've struggled to move the ball. But although not, not as much as of late, you know, Florida State's defense, it's not great. They rank 78th in finishing drives allowed. So if the Raging Cajuns are able to get across midfield, it could result in some points. Florida State does have their rival Florida up next week, and this could be a letdown spot after three straight dominating conference wins. I think this line's inflated just because of what Florida State's done lately, and I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take the Raging Cajuns plus 24. You know, I don't hate that play at all. You're right. It's really tough to figure out if Florida State's for real, not for real. Those three straight wins, albeit impressive, by score, so many questions with the opponents. You know, we talked about that Syracuse game last week and we were like what's up with this line it seems suspicious we thought Syracuse was a good team they were undefeated up until when they played Clemson and everything's just kind of come unhinged for the orange so uh, maybe the realization that they weren't really a good team is is right there I don't know what to make of Florida State I mean they they lost to NC State competitively they lost to Clemson competitively but again I'm not too impressed with anybody in the ACC, save for except North Carolina's offense. We'll leave their defense out of it. I agree with you. I think the Raging Cajuns are the play here. Um, I just because I wasn't sure if Florida State was for real or not, I couldn't. I couldn't really get there because at the same time, would you be surprised? You wake up Sunday morning, or I guess this is an early game, so, uh, Saturday afternoon, and and Florida State wins by four touchdowns. I. I I just don't know what to expect here. So you'll get all the moral support I can give you on the Raging Cajuns. Next game up, we're kind of going to go back in time here. This game is actually a Friday tilt, late night Friday, going down to New Mexico. San Diego State's coming to town. 
And, uh, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at New Mexico here. This is a team that listen, this is what they've done. The last five games, they lost 35 to three, 27 to 10, 41 to nine, 21 to nine, 27 to 14. And any of those games, the highest scoring output was 14 points for this incredibly pathetic offense under 240 yards per game, 108 in the air. Like, I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but I don't know if there's a worse offense in the country going against a San Diego state team. That's not necessarily an offensive juggernaut, but last week, boy, they, did they show up against San Jose state putting up a 43 spot. New Mexico's defense leaves a lot to desire as well. I think San Diego State goes in there and just absolutely slaps a snot out of them. I got to lay 14 and a half. Almost feels like a gift. I hate that hook, but I'm going to do it. I think the Aztecs take care of business. Let's put a unit on San Diego State. You know, this is one of those, what, what, what do you do? It's a 14 and a half spread with a 36 and a half total. I mean, that that's, that's insane. What are we thinking? 23, 13, something along that. That doesn't even get it done. 20, 27, 13. That's an over. I don't know where to go with this thing. New Mexico. They're in my doghouse. Two weeks ago, I had them in the shit show of the week against Utah state and they're catching 16 points and, you know, they're up 10 to seven at half and everything's looking well. And, you know, next thing they're down 20 to 10 and they've got the ball. And I think, I think we're fine. But then with, um, you know, three minutes to go in the game, uh, they decide to fumble and Utah state takes it to a house, kicks the extra point, 17 point wins, even loses. So, um, talk about, there's my bad beat in the last couple of weeks. So New Mexico, New Mexico, they're on my shit list and I'll give you all the support <laughs> in the world on this. I hope San Diego state beats them 41 to nothing. Uh, I hope so too. I, you know, 36 and a half is so low. Like you almost have to take the over by default, don't you? Well, not with the examples of what you just said about New Mexico's offense. I mean, yeah. they're going to, they sounds like they're going to be lucky to get to 10. They're going to pull Louisiana tech. All right. Uh, next game up. You kind of touched on, I'm talking about Florida state rivalry week coming up next week. The Florida Gators hitting the road, going to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. You know, Florida, Florida comes into this game having already secured a bowl spot. Might not be a good bowl, but at least they're in a bowl. Well, Vandy, they, they still have hopes at four and six, but slim hopes needing to win out, meaning beat Florida this week and then, you know, beat Tennessee, which is not going to happen. Uh, like I said, Florida's got a big rivalry game on deck, and this could be a flat spot for them. When looking at Florida, you have to look at their their opponent's rush defense. Vandy has been much stronger in this area of late, and I don't see Anthony Richardson being able to take advantage of a poor Vandy secondary. Vandy's offense, it's been all right, and it should be able to put up enough points to keep them in this game versus a shaky Florida defense. The Gators, they don't put much pressure on the quarterback, which is a major key if Mike Wright uh, has to indeed start again for the injured A.J. Swan. Florida, they're 0-8 against the spread as a road favorite, failing – to have covered by 14 plus points on average, including four consecutive outright losses as favorites of over a TD. Obviously, there's been a coaching change, but it's still Florida. I'm not saying Vandy wins this game, but I think they're going to cover it. I'll take the two touchdowns. Give me Vandy plus 14. 
You know, despite their four and six record and their one and five conference record, Vandy's actually shown up in a lot of these games. You leave the Georgia ass whooping out of the equation. Uh, they lost to Missouri by three. They lost to South Carolina by 11. They actually beat Kentucky, which I think came as a shock to many because Kentucky was good for a while. All of a sudden, they're not good anymore. I, I'm not sure what happened to the Wildcats. Florida, horribly inconsistent, but I, they have the, at least the upside to put up monster points. We, we've seen them do it. And Vanderbilt's defense that's giving up 35 points per game although that could be inflated by the 55 and 52 Georgia and Mississippi put on them. Um, I, I Vanderbilt's defense gives up a ton, 460 yards uh, on, on the defensive side. And like I said, the 35 yards or points per game, Florida could cover Florida could not cover. I think this one's just too much of a toss up. I couldn't get to a side. I, I think I'm leaning Florida, but after what you said about their inability to cover road games, Makes me glad I'm not on this game. All right, next game up, the Duke Blue Devils on the road, Pitt Panthers. You know, when I first looked at this game on the schedule, I was like, well, how did I end up with another one of Zebra's games? But holy crap, this is my game. I don't know why. I'll tell you why. Pitt's overrated. Pittsburgh is absolutely overrated. We, we thought they were, well, I think we had questions about them coming into the season. I think you even took the under- but you look at what they've been doing, it's it's not all that impressive. They, they barely beat a downtrodden Syracuse team. They beat Virginia. Our condolences to the, the whole university and community of the University of Virginia. Uh, they, they got them pretty good last weekend. Uh, they got smacked by North Carolina. And it's not that they gave up the 42 to North Carolina. You expect that. But North Carolina's got horrible defense, and they only put up 24. They only put up 10 against Louisville. This Pitt team is, is just not getting me excited. Flip side, let's look at Duke. Duke is 7-3 and three in the season. This team is about eight points away from being undefeated. They had that, that big, I don't know if you want to call it shootout, but a great game against the Kansas Jayhawks back when they were both undefeated. We talked about that being a basketball game. They lost to Georgia Tech in overtime. They went toe-to-toe with the North Carolina Tar Heels, lost by three there. And since then, they've reeled off three fairly impressive wins. I actually think they can make it four in a row. I think Duke can win this game outright, but I'd be a fool not to take a seven and a half. I love Duke to get this victory, but give me the seven and a half and a unit on the Blue Devils. Yeah, this one really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Duke's playing really well, and when they do lose, they lose close games. Pittsburgh, not that good. Uh, you know, Duke's playing for potentially the the three slot in the ACC, which would be a, probably one of Duke's better bowl games in probably the history of the program. So uh, the line doesn't make sense. I don't know. I didn't look too much into it. I don't know if there's injuries. I definitely would love the hook on that thing by getting that seven and a half, but I don't know why Duke can't win this football game. Pitts Pitts overrated. I like I, like you said I had him as a season under total uh, which is already good. Uh, and it could be another loss in the category. So I like the play. I like it a lot uh, as long as that seven and a half, you know, get it now before it potentially goes down to seven uh, just you know just to make sure that that you get that extra half point. All right. Like it. Next game up, we're going to talk about the Naval Academy hitting the road, going against, I, I don't know, is this like your new darling? 
maybe the Central Florida Knights are on tap. You know that UCF, they're returning home after two huge road wins at Memphis and at Tulane, which put them puts them in the driver's seat for the spot in the American Conference title game. Next week, they've got a rivalry game again, like most schools out there do, against South Florida. So this could be a vulnerable spot, especially against the Navy, uh, where focus and discipline is needed you know, against that triple option. I think we saw that last week with Notre Dame with the big lead and, you know, maybe they lost a little of their focus and, and a little bit of their discipline and Navy, you know, came back on them. UCF, they're going to hit some explosive plays. There's no doubt about that because it's a very poor Navy secondary. However, to slow down UCF offense, teams need to shut down their ground game. And that's exactly what Navy's capable of doing. They rank in the top 25 nationally in yards per rush the stuff rate, rush success rate, line yards, opportunity rate, and power success rate on the defensive side of the ball. They're not afraid to hit the road. Uh, they're 5-0 and this year against the spread, covering by an average of 12 points. They've been double-digit dogs in all five of those games, and they've lost by three, three, six, and 10 points. Although they're on a third-string quarterback in Masai Maynor, He's got the best arm on the roster, which really could help against the suspect UCF secondary. This is a good spot for Navy to keep it close, not necessarily win the game, but you're giving me two plus touchdowns. I'm on the Navy again this week. Give me a Navy plus 16. Yeah, I think I think there's a real – I don't think there's a real chance here that Navy wins this game. Central Florida's got a lot to play for. They might even be able to find their way. Uh, into being the non-Power 5 representative in one of the the Big Six bowl games. They've been very, very impressive, particularly on the rushing part. And you, you talked about Navy's defense against the rush. Interesting that we talk about Navy's you know triple option. They run, run, run. And the Knights actually have more rushing yards per game than the midshipmen. They, they really do run the ball effectively well. They've got two stallions at running back, and the quarterback is a very, very effective runner as well. Uh, this is going to be strength versus strength on uh, for the Knights' rushing attack going against that Navy defense. I'm seeing a total of 53. That almost feels like it might be kind of high because I think there's going to be a lot of ball control. That's what Navy does. They run the ball. They milk the clock. They keep your possessions limited. And something that I'd heard a long, long time ago when it comes to the academies, opponents don't like to run up the score against the academies. It's it's something about the respect factor. They, they don't try to embarrass uh, our servicemen and women. And it's uh, I, I think you're probably on to something. Like here, if they were to the Knights were to get a big lead, the midshipmen might backdoor cover like they did against Notre Dame last week. I'm not saying Notre Dame left them, but that's a whole nother story for another day. Uh, I'll lean Navy. I think the Knights definitely win it, but you're not going to money line it at minus 800. We'll lean Navy and give you all the moral support you can handle. All right, we've reached the break. This is where Mad Max comes in and gives you guys a little taste of maybe the book club or, or some other kind of commercial. So Max, give them a commercial break. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? 
because March is about to get crazy, insane, maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, Anywhere, use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, and we're back. Next game up. We're going to talk about Ohio State and Maryland. Ohio State, as usual, comes in with one of these big, fat, stinking lines. 27 and a half points. They're giving up against this Maryland Terps team. Maryland, I mean, they had a decent season going. And then their last couple games, just, I mean, offensively, they can't find any rhythm at all. They lost 23 to 10 to Wisconsin, 30 to nothing against Penn State. So they've been outscored 53 to 10 in their last two games. Granted, those were on the road, but they're at home. And I'm telling you, I'm looking, I was looking at their schedule. I can't find, you know, a notable win for the Terps in any one of their games. They've won six. Northwestern, no. Indiana, no. Like non-conference, no. I I just don't think they're as good as maybe the record suggests. Ohio State, I mean, they just got to keep this train rolling. They're they're well on their way to the Big Ten title game assuming you know they've got the big rivalry against that team up north next week potential letdown look ahead but i don't think so i think this is more of a preseason tune-up game they might run everything out there to see what they can and can't do against the wolverines next week i think ohio state goes in there runs up the score puts up another 50 spot takes care of business i'm going to put a unit on my buckeyes you know, I, I can't argue with you. I, I, I tried going against Ohio State earlier this year with some big numbers, and it didn't quite work out. Maryland, yes, yeah, 6-4, and four, looks good, looks good until you really dive into it. I mean, non-conference, they beat Buffalo, Charlotte, and SMU, whoop-de-doo. They hung tight with Michigan on the road, I'll give them that. You know, then they got they beat a bad Michigan State team. They they lost, you know, their, their crossover conference games were against Purdue and Northwestern at home. And they lost one and won one by a touchdown. You know, they barely beat Indiana on the road. Now, like you said, the last two weeks, they've been thrashed by Wisconsin and Penn State on the road. I really don't know what to make of this, but I do know Ohio State can score and score whenever they want. As long as the weather's good, there's no crazy wind, snow, anything like that. Ohio State's going to put up a boatload of points. And Maryland's shown the last couple weeks that against decent 
not good, decent defenses, they're not scoring. So I think you're on the right side of this. It's just really hard to lay 27 on the road. Yeah, it really is. Oh, man. All right. Next game up. You want to have a look at the Wazoo Cougars hitting the road going against the Arizona Wildcats. You know, Arizona last week picked up a, what could be a considered a program-defining win in the Rose Bowl, beating UCLA 34-28, really hurting UCLA's chances to, uh, you know, get a really good bowl game, get a Pac-12 title game, et cetera. Jaden Deloria uh, had the game of his life. He was 23 of 29 for 312 yards and two touchdowns, no turnovers. And now he gets to face his former team coming to town, you know, what I've seen, what I've read is expect him to be extremely emotional, extremely aggressive, uh, which may lead to some turnovers. He has eight interceptions this year and has fumbled 11 times already. Washington State, they've got a pretty good secondary and a really good run-stopping defense. They're in the top 25 in the defensive line yards and stuff rate. Their quarterback, Cam Ward, has been pretty good, dual threat this year, throwing for over 60. They, they throw over 60% of the time, and they're passing games short to intermediate throws. And that's where he's really shined, completing over 75% of those short intermediate throws. You know, although Arizona held Dorian Thompson Robinson in check last week, they've been awful most of the season. Add to it, they struggle like crazy stopping the run. And they, they, it, they could be in for a long, long day. I'm looking at this as a good sell high spot, and I don't necessarily like road favorites, but I think in this spot, uh, Washington State minus four is the play with Arizona coming off that big win and the emotions for their quarterback. I think it's going to be a long, long day for the for the Wildcats. You know, I gave this game a look, and the Washington State minus four really threw me for a loop. Like I, I don't know why – that number is what it is. When you look at Arizona, I'm, I'm a big fan of consistency. I think you look at a team and you see them do something over and over week after week, and, and you can kind of find a rhythm. Find the one that doesn't fit here with Arizona in their last five games. Gave up 49, 49, 45, 45, and then somehow 28 against UCLA. Did they find a defense? No. no. I think what they did is caught UCLA – Look, it was a trap game. UCLA was looking ahead to this week's game against USC, and they got caught with their pants down. There's no reason UCLA should lose to the Arizona Wildcats. They're really one of the worst. Maybe, well, Colorado's in the conference. You can't, can't take that away from them. But they're one of the worst teams in the, the Pac-12. Washington State is not great by any definition, but – They've been competitive against teams like Utah and USC and against dormant teams, against dog shit teams like Arizona State and Stanford. They stepped on their throats and put them out of their misery. I think Washington State should absolutely kill Arizona here, which is why that four points scared me off this game. It just stinks. I don't understand why it's only four. Uh, so, yeah, without actually betting the game, I'm about on it as hard as I can be in moral support. Last game up before we get to the last game up. Uh, Iowa at Minnesota. I can't wait to get your take on this game because I looked at this game up and down. Digest this for a minute, Chubby Zebra. The total for this game is 
31 and a half. <laughs> 31 and a half. These two defenses, the Hawkeyes have given up 13.9 points per game. The Golden Gophers have given up 13.1. Consider that 13.1 includes giving up 45 to Penn State. You look at, you know, Minnesota's record record and, and who they've played and who they've beaten and who they lost to. It's not that impressive. I mean, Northwestern, Nebraska, Rutgers, they haven't beaten anybody. But here's the stat that really got me on this game. The Iowa Hawkeyes. If you take away the two games against Ohio State and the Wolverines, the most points anybody has scored on them is 13. That's it. The most. Minnesota is no Ohio State and they're no Wolverines. I think Iowa wins this game. And I'm getting points. I'm getting two and a half. I think Iowa actually probably wins this game outright. Uh, so I'm taking Iowa plus the two and a half. What do you think? Am I, am I wrong here, Chubby Zebra? No, I mean, Iowa's defense is tremendous. And, you know, the last three weeks, yeah, against some weak Big Ten West competition, um, you know, they put up 33 on Northwestern, 24 on Purdue, 24 on Wisconsin. And they stand in line to actually be the Big Ten's representative in the Big Ten conference title game, which is absolutely sick. I mean, I don't any, I don't, it, it's terrible. They're breaking Iowa, that up, right? I think I heard they're breaking up that East-West thing. Yeah, but, you know, right now, Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota are all tied at four and three. And, you know, this, this, although Iowa, if Iowa winds up tied with Illinois, Illinois goes, but Illinois has got a tough matchup um, with with that team up north this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm figuring if Iowa was able to beat Minnesota and beat Nebraska, they're going to the Big Ten title game for a rematch of a game that they just got destroyed with Ohio State. It's going to be ugly. But I, I, I don't see why this is not a pick to two and a half the other way other than home field. Minnesota showed us nothing. You're right. This was the year for Minnesota to, you know, show up in the Big Ten title game like Northwestern's done once or or something like that. It this this was their year. They had the schedule. They had everything set in front of them. Yes. And they couldn't get it done. And I don't think they're going to be able to get it done this week. I like Iowa to flat out win the football game. I like it. I'm, I don't know if I can watch this kind of game. 31 and a half. Like, what does that mean? The first one to 17 wins? I don't know if anybody will get to 17. That's just incredible. That's absolutely incredible. All right. Last game up. It's Catholic season again. Boston College coming to town. Take on the Fighting Irish. See if the defense can play an entirely complete game. Notre Dame is giving up three touchdowns. You're on this game, and it's three touchdowns. I'm guessing you're on the Eagles. You know, I've played way too many Notre Dame games this year. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to go back and see how I've fared, but I do know I got, I did get the cover last week with the, the the Navy. So Notre Dame, they've been a definition of a team that, I mean, Webster's definition of a team that plays up or down to, based on the level of the competition which is not really surprising for a young team and a young coach. And, you know, after surviving the scare from late Navy last week, which was after pummeling two ranked teams, which Notre Dame looked really good in doing, how hyped are the Irish going to be for BC when 
USC is on deck. You know, Boston College, they've had to turn to back up Emmett Moorhead as quarterback, and he's starting to find his groove. After a promising debut at Duke, he threw for 330 yards last week's upset of North Carolina State. And with no chance at the postseason, this is Boston College's bowl game. Can they carry over last week's momentum against the Irish? You, you know the effort's going to be there. Notre Dame, they're 4-0 against the spread as a dog, but just 1-5 as a favorite, including 0-5 as a double-digit favorite, with two of those being outright losses and a pair of one-possession wins. With USC looming, I think Notre Dame's very vanilla in this game. They're going to escape with the win, but it's not going to be an easy one. I got to take Boston College in the three touchdowns. Give me the Eagles plus 21. <laughs> I can't blame you one bit. I'll tell you the one thing, as a, as a diehard Notre Dame fan, the one thing that gets me excited is the consistency we're seeing on offense. 44, 41, 35, and 35 in their last five games. It's the inconsistency on the defense that's a little frustrating. Now, did, did they take the foot off the gas? Did they just let Navy score, whatever. I, I don't know. Um, I, I kind of find it hard to believe anybody takes their foot off the gas, but when you have a big lead prevent defense often just does nothing but prevent you from winning. I'm looking at Boston college here though. And here's the thing that concerns me in there. Well, we got five road games. They've scored 10, 14, 15, three, and 21. The 21 was their most recent game. They actually managed to beat North Carolina State 21 to 20. They're not that good on the road. They're not that good at all, but they're even worse on the road with a season average of only 19 points per game. This does set up for the possibility of Notre Dame to blow them out, but Notre Dame's only covered 21 points one time this season in beating UNLV, and that was at home, uh, and UNLV sucks. So, Maybe they can, but like you said, the look-ahead game going out to take on USC, I can see them taking the foot off the gas again. I hate doing it. Notre Dame's going to win the game, but 21 points seems like a big ask. I'm going to take those 21 points as well, which is not good because you and I, when we agree, (laughs) usually isn't good. Uh, But uh, we got agreement here, 21 points and uh, the Boston College Eagles. That's going to do it for, what is this, week number 12 of college football, week 13 of the zoo. Any final thoughts, Chubby Zebra? Now I was just kind of looking over my, my my plays, and, you know, I've got one four-point favorite in Washington State. And, then, you know, the other four games, i got to combine 75 points I'm getting. So I'm starting out with 10 touchdowns uh, to the good. Let's just see if I can hold on to them. Hope for no blowouts. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, it's time for everybody's favorite part. We got to put together a zoo parlay. We agreed on Boston College, so that one counts. Give me your not Stone Cold Lock of the Week. Well, when you're taking 14, 16, 21, and 24 points, there's really nothing that you can consider a lock. Uh, but when looking at these, uh, I don't want to take the road favorite as my lock, so that eliminates that. I'm already got the Boston College because we're both together on that. So that leaves me Louisiana. Vanderbilt and the Navy. And in this case, I am going to I'm gonna I'm gonna sail with the Navy again this week. And let's put Navy plus 16 uh, along with Boston College plus 21 and whatever third play you want to put on this. Loving the yeah, man. I I'm not taking Ohio State minus the 27 and a half, even though I, I do think they will cover it. 
I, I don't like that one as much as maybe I like the others. I really think Duke has a legitimate shot of winning this game outright. We've got all these plus lines. I'm going to take Duke plus the seven and a half. Might even take a side. Well, no, not with Boston College. Say I might even take a side ticket. <laughs> maybe just take all three of those on a money line play. But two of those three probably aren't winning. All right, so that's your uh, zoo degenerate parlay, the chubby panther parlay, if you will. We got the Boston College Eagles, the Navy Midshipmen, and the Duke Blue Devils. Three incredibly crap teams. We just hope that don't get blown out this week. We're hanging out on Facebook. We're on Twitter. But as you all know, it is the book club. We're on the Discord channel. Get in there and shoot the shit with us. Call us out by name. We'll holler right back. But most importantly, let us know what you did last week, what you're doing this week. When it's all said and done, kids, it's all make some money, fools. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.